You're listening to Trent Talk, your Halo by Halo guide to America's greatest treasure. Trent Reznor. Today we're going to be discussing... The Slip, which is Halo 27, uh, and it was released May 5th, 2008. That's right. My birthday, ladies and gentlemen. You were how old? 18? 2008? I was 19. I was 18. Actually, I was 17. <laughs> so, this is the first uh, full Nine Inch Nails album we've reviewed in uh, a little while. I yeah. Say. It's been a while. It's been a minute. And once again, this was Trent Reznor sort of testing the waters with his online distribution method that is still kind of an unproven concept. Mm-hmm. Um, he released this for free. Nice. So, after Ghosts was released mm, for free, or for, oh, yeah, I guess I for remember a suggested that. donation, he just said, This one's on me, mm-hmm. and dropped this full album. Mm-hmm. Another interesting fact right off the top, this was recorded in three weeks. Wow. Normally, I mean, yeah, like it, between The Fragile and With Atifa, uh-huh. he had years and years of time, you know, and a lot of, I assume, a lot of demos that never made it. Yeah. But here we have just a a concentrated burst of Trent Reznor creativity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which seems to borrow from a lot of his albums, but kind of stands on its own. I like it all right. Uh, it's not my favorite, but yeah. there's some songs I enjoy, and there's some songs that I don't enjoy at all. What are we listening to right now? This is a remix of the single Discipline by yeah. DJ Onder. And this is from ninremixes.com, because remix.nin.com is still gone. What's going on? What's going on, you guys? What's going on? Um, we What's are going putting on? out a missing persons report on remix.nin.com. I'm going to call the cops. Somebody please pay for your domain name. I want to call the cops. Um, oh. Talk to neighbors, don't talk to cops. Okay, here's the deal. Actually, don't talk to your neighbors, those people are scary. Here's the deal. Before we do any more of this, really quick. Yes. You know what I'm about to say. I do. You know what I'm, okay. Resonance, you know what I'm about to say. Not the actual events. Oh my God. Oh my God. We wanted to talk about it the night it came out, but we're doing this in order. We're doing this in order, but I don't like dead silence, but can I just say I'm thrilled? I'm chilled. I love it. I'm grilled. Yeah. 2016 is saved, ladies (laughs) and gentlemen. It was all worth it. We got a new Nine Inch Nails release, and it's pretty phenomenal. I, you know. We can can do a full episode in good time. But right now, we I will. just want to say that I adore it. It's uh, probably the best thing, best thing since Year Zero. Favorite track? Favorite yep. tracks? Yep. It finally breaks out of the uh, the Echoplex. No, I'm, ask- I'm asking you what's favorite track favorite or track? tracks. Oh, boy. I like the uh, everyone seems to be a Dear World. Dear World. Comment. Yeah. I love Dear World. I love She's Gone Away. At first, I wasn't sure about it because the chorus is kind of goofy. But it's so what I do now, I commute to L.A. from Long Beach. I get up, like I podcast all the way up, listen to podcasts, usually true crime, get in a really grim mood. By the time I get downtown on my way to work, it's it's still kind of dark outside. Sometimes it's raining. So I put on Deer World and that that like beat just like pumps me up and I like get out. Yeah, I, like I get out of the train station. I get up the escalator and then like my walk to work, like she's gone away, comes on. Ugh. I fucking love those songs. And then the last one. It's almost as if your worries were gone, were gone away. Okay. 
<laughs> but yeah, that's, we're gonna get to it. Maybe by the time we get to it, we'll also be following it right away with a full-length LP. I don't know. I really, I really hope this is him dipping his toes in the uh. water and saying, like, hey, Alan Mulder and I. By the way, he made a big deal of this. Uh-huh. Alan Mulder is now an official member oh, cool. of Nine Inch Nails. Perfect. Let me confirm that it's Alan Mulder and not Atticus Ross. I'm sorry, Oh, guys. yeah. I'm sorry. I think it might be Atticus. It's probably Atticus Ross. <laughs> I was just going with jazz, you know? First thought, best thought. Um, but, yes, he induct he inducted Atticus Ross as a full member of Nine Inch Nails, and they said that this is going to be a very difficult album. And uh, it sure is, but I love it a lot. Uh-huh. It sounds like pretty much nothing they've ever done. A lot of broken in there. We're almost doing a full episode. No, we're not. But my my dearest hope is that this was an experiment to see if people would react well. Here's... And then follow it up with a smash hit, knockdown, drag out, Here's sludge the thing. industrial album. Here's the thing that I'm hoping... What I'm hoping is that it's definitely part of a bigger thing that was released as an EP just because, just so he could, you know, just be, <sighs> I can't words, I'm so excited about this album, just so that he could live up to his promise that there would be more, like, new Nin. In, new Nin coming in 2016. And it is Atticus Ross. So congratulations, Atticus Ross. Which means that the number of official Nine Inch Nails members is up to two. Oh, my God. Because as every article ever written about Nine Inch Nails will tell you, Nine Inch Nails is pretty much just the recording name of Trent Reznor. <laughs> Which is not even totally true because, you know, Robin Fink has been with the band since forever. Yeah. And Alessandro Cortini, also not to be sneered at. Yeah, but they're like, I think live band members and band members are often two different things. Yes, but also on the slip, mm-hmm. today's subject of discussion and debate... Mixed by Alan Mulder, there he is. No, not the not official <laughs> Programmed member. Programmed by Atticus Ross, and joining the stable, we have Josh Freeze, yes. prominent rock drummer, yes. replacing Jerome Delon and Alex Carapetis, who I don't think we've ever mentioned. He performed on the Fall Arena tour leg of the Live Colon with Atitha tour. Okay, let's get into it. All aboard. This Nin train is leaving the Nin station. Destination 999999. Yes. This was the maximum number of songs that Trent Reznor could create. <laughs> if only. It was like a Final Fantasy stat after you put in your Game Shark. <laughs> also, this is how the Lights in the Sky tour would pretty much begin. Which is a tour that I saw and it was one of the best. Okay, times cool. Life. Yep, great. Proud of you. It's like you're boarding a spaceship. Wonderful. Awesome. And little lights and panels and so consoles excited. are all lighting up, and you're like, "What's happening?" Mm. It's Sounds like a little awesome. mushroom come up. Yep, yep. Great. I've been to Mushroom Mountain once or twice. But it's oh Jesus, don't. <laughs> Turn it up. How did I slip into Yeah! 
Bon Milligan. So right off the top, we're jumping into just bare bones Nine Inch Nails. It is just a drum machine and some chugga-chugga guitars. Yeah. And what else do you need? I'll tell you what you need. A lot of reverberating vocals. <laughs> yeah. Wasn't this song in a commercial? It really sounds like it was. I got this. Talk about your notes. Because I don't have any. And then well. I can so I'm wondering how many times Trent Reznor says a million in his songs. Because he, he's always referring to, I feel a million miles away, or I've done the same thing a million times. He always uh -huh. uses that construction. He may have said it a million times. Oh, my gosh. But, I mean, this is uh, it's an edgier lyrical deviation from uh, Year Zero because it's a lot more personal. He's going to talk about killing himself in a second. Not quite. He's going to blow <laughs> his fucking brains out. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe there wasn't a commercial. Maybe it was. Yeah. Go ahead. Oh, right, it was an ad for a suicide hotline. <laughs> or Prozac. No. Uh, I kind of like the weird direction that that bridge takes. The lyrics kind of go into a, a slam poem direction. Yeah. It's Pretty interesting. Fun. Yeah, I think maybe it was a little bit of influence from Saul Williams rubbing off. He's like, Ooh, oh, maybe. I, I can do these different things with my voice. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a little different. But yeah, like his whole thesis statement for this album, to me, sounds like he's sort of struggling with his identity as an artist, which is a, a well he has visited many times before. Yes. Wondering who he is, wondering what he's doing. And he's always a million miles away. I mean, it's, it almost reminds me of, since this was recorded in three weeks, um, it's like he was in a hurry. Maybe. But I mean, at the same time, this is in a year where he also did Ghosts, and he also did Saul Williams. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, just the fact that he was able to put out this entire album in three weeks is just, it's astonishing. And he does rely on a lot of his old tropes, you know, numbness, identity, loss of self. You know, a lot of the same stuff he always sings about. Mm -hmm. But I do think it is at a, at a poignant time in his career to be asking these questions. Because, yeah, with teeth, didn't really reestablish where he was. No. Year Zero was a whole artistic movement of its own. But um, even he said that he sort of, he sort of, grew and changed from that between there and, and here mm -hmm. um, part of which was Barack Obama was elected president <laughs> although he had not been yet I think when this album was released no it may no okay. yeah but yeah year zero was recorded in the bush years you can, oh, hard, the bush you can hardly years. tell you know talking about the surveillance state and foreign Capology, wars right. in fact I have a quick little interview Oop, wait hang on Gotta let him get away with this. I'm gonna let you get away. 
Yeah. It's one of the greatest songs of all time. What? It's not though. It's got that unbalanced washing machine drum beat. Makes me want to go check on the load. <laughs> For real though, like you can you can hear it walking around. I okay. I never listened to this song. I'll just say that. I never listened to this. Right. So this is a quote that I'm sort of just pulling out of thin air. Uh, it's from Sacramento News and Review, talking to Trent Reznor, where right off the top he confronts Trent saying, "You said Sacramento audiences suck," and Trent was like, "Whoops." <laughs> I'm a, te- I'm a temperamental artist, and sometimes I have my little tantrums. Um, <laughs> but yes, um, he's saying, um, he asked, what was the whole deal with the artist resistance theme surrounding Year Zero? And Trent's response goes, essentially it meant, or was part of, the story that art can be used as a form of resistance to oppression, which became a slogan to a fictional group. We blurred the lines between reality and fiction, and everybody lived happily ever after. And then Barack Obama got elected. Happy about that, eh? Couldn't be happier. I hear you've met him. I did briefly. I've been impressed with him. If he turns out to be terrible, then fair enough. I'll take the hit for that. <laughs> Eight years later, uh, uh, no. no harm, no foul. Well, I wouldn't say that. We're out of Iraq. Guantanamo Bay is sort of closed. Dapple, dude. Dapple? I mean, he, <laughs> put, he put an executive order to stay dapple. We got a four, we, three million more Americans have health care than before. The budget has been balanced. He completely ignored Dapple. (laughs) Just completely ignored it. It's still happening. People are still getting arrested. Well, yeah, I mean, they rerouted the pipeline so that it wasn't going directly through the most sacred sites on North Dakota, Lakota Indian lands. Yeah, I mean, he's been great. He hasn't been perfect, but who is? Yeah. Anyway, back to this thing that we're actually doing. Yes, letting you get away. Thoughts, feelings, impressions, angsts. Uh, I don't ever listen to this song. I think I mentioned that. Oh, it's for sure a skipper. Yeah. Um, the song to me sort of insists. <laughs> Wait, oh. you could say I always let it get away. Go ahead. Well, okay. Points for that. The song sort of insists that it's a banger. It's like, listen to me. This is the rip-roaring nine-inch nails you've been waiting for. And it's like, okay. There's not enough of a melody or a tune to sort of carry it, so it's just kind of noise. Yeah. Um, it's got, uh, I've got a little how much angst. Ooh, how much angst? The angst of a bassist that has a killer solo that nobody in the band wants to hear. Okay. Sometimes I turn the music up when a joke I made didn't work. <laughs> But yeah, this is uh, <laughs> this is unfortunate because like I always feel that the worst thing a Nine Inch Nails song can be is forgettable. Yeah. And this one for sure is just uh, lost in the mix. Yeah. I always remember the beginning and I always remember the chorus, but then like when he starts going into the verse, I'm like, wait, what? Yeah, I mean the chorus is is like it's got a little bit of you know crowd pumping energy to it, but the rest of the song is just kind of unlistenable. Yeah, it's just not. I don't know. This is not great. Here we go, though. Okay, Trevor, live. 
Huh? Trent, Trent, oh. realize it. I said, okay. <laughs> I don't think his monitor was on. Um, no, I don't think so. So here is Discipline, the lead single of The Slip. And Trent, right off the top, invents a new genre of bubblegum goth. Oh, that was, I don't know. I'll, I'll just go ahead and say bubblegum goth is definitely a thing. Not officially. Would you say this is a prime example of bubblegum goth? Yeah. Yeah. I can't think of anything else at the top of my head, but yeah. Which is funny because the song is called Discipline, so it's got it's got some heavy S&M themes to it, but then it's got just this really peppy, upbeat... Yes, even that right there. Just there's this weird positivity that pervades it that seems to be a major tonal shift. Yeah, and then this piano. I do like um, in this song where he starts a lot of things with. <laughs> oh, right, and he's got his woo hoo hoos. Yeah, I like the oh, Very, yeah. very exciting yodeling trend. I do like how um, Josh Reese is really spanking those drums. Mm. It's like he's punishing them, like he's giving them discipline. Oh, here's the woo hoo <laughs> I bet you could get a dog to sing along to that. Maybe. Also, I love how he puts the brakes on his woot. We're good. Oh, I like this little bit here. Anyway. Um, interestingly, this entire album was recorded in Trent Reznor's home in Beverly Hills. Ah. And yeah, in 2008, he was doing a ton of remodeling on his house, but the one room that remained untouched was the studio where it was recorded. Yeah. There was a thing I really wanted to say about this, but it is gone now. Uh, find it and we'll listen to the song a little bit more. Sure. Oh yeah, I've got a, I've got a New York Times write-up about his studio. Okay. Fun. Nine Inch Nails' recent booming, ferocious, and desolate sounds emerge from a studio the size of a comfortable living room. It has burgundy brocade curtains over velvet drapes with plywood-lined walls. Ooh, plywood. Uh, soundproofing with a goth touch. Wait, plywood is soundproofing? Analog synthesizers and digital keyboards each have their corners with guitars racked in between. The recording console and speakers take up one full wall alongside a computer atop a cabinet of hard drives holding sound libraries and albums. Mm. I wish I'd have there, man. You just close your eyes. <sighs> if I only. I can just see the Joy Division albums. But uh, the whole point of that descriptor is they, they then say that since Mr. Reznor owns the studio, recording costs are mostly payments to engineers, visual artists, and a handful of guest musicians low enough to keep himself sufficient. The setup is central to Mr. Reznor's new phase as a free agent. This is ground zero, he told the visitor. 
Um, so yeah, one thing I think we. Oop, hang on, let's get a little bit of echo plex in here. Get this tasty, tasty little bow, meow, meow. It is tasty, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Mm. Delicious. Mm-hmm. Eating on the radio. Um, so I saw this live in the uh, 2008 Likes in the Sky tour. Yeah, okay, cool. And what was fun I is... I think I've seen this song. Trent Reznor, uh, you know, he's working with Moment Factory, which is like the special effects company that did like all the... Okay, yep. ...over-the-top projection screens. Yep, 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 they yep, had, like, yep. They had a giant touchscreen that came down, and it had huh. like it had like a little, um, basically a track that was playing that was just a bunch of empty squares. And then Trent got up and it touched each square... And filled it in, and then like each square coincided with a drum beat. So you saw him actually build the bump, 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 bump. Cool, is, good for is, you. Which is also great because Josh Freese was just chilling, like just playing it as it as it went. It was it was very cool. Was it Josh? I could confirm that real quick. Yeah, let's talk about who the live band members were. Let's turn this up. Ooh, and the la 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 trend. Is it La or Nah? I think it's La. Here it comes. It might be Nah. It was Josh Freeze. Yeah. Stuck it out for the whole tour because he is a workhorse. Yeah. Right. So the thing I wanted to mention is... Um, oh, yeah, right. Back to his studio, right? Well, I know. No, actually, the recording company... They, uh-huh. uh, you know, they left Interscope and they just record some. They released um, with Atitha and Year Zero just as Nine Inch Nails, mm-hmm. and then they created the Nothing Corporation. Mm-hmm. Sorry, the Null Corporation, because <laughs> Nothing was a little bit too much like a something, Null and records. Null is even less than Nothing. And yes, it was a label created by Trent Reznor and Rob Sheridan in the aftermath of Nine Inch Nails leaving Interscope. Um, I guess they had to reincorporate as the Null Corporation 2 in 2016. But yeah, basically it's just, it's his vanity label. He releases Nine Inch Nails, his solo mm-hmm. stuff, and had this for Angels. Mm-hmm. And Ghosts was the first release on there. Also the slip, hesitation marks. And I guess not the actual events. Huh. Yep. Hesitation marks says copyrights only, but licensed to Columbia. How about that? Interesting. This is good radio right here. I know. Let's oh, there's. I have a, an interesting. Thing oh, to point okay. Out. But Sorry. I like this whole part. Yes. Okay, go. Oops. <laughs> Let's dissect the lyrics of Echoplex if we can. Okay. So I think this is the song that has maybe the most to say about where he's at personally. Because, um, I mean, he's talking about an echoplex. His voice just echoes off these walls. Right. Um, the hell he put himself through, the things he could do if he wanted to. He's, I, I believe he is talking about um, literally painting himself into a corner. Like, as an artist, he always sort of feels like he can't escape his own legacy. Right. And now it's like people are expecting these certain things from him. And I think that was a big part of With Teeth. It took him, like, a decade to get it together and release a new thing, and he was, like, so fraught, like, ugh, all these expectations, how can I ever live up? Because he just put out the fragile, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think that's never really left him. He's always, he's like a self-conscious, uh, I mean, and recovered addict, so he, he thinks a lot. He is an introspective dude. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So yeah, he says that he slowly fades away. You will never, ever, ever get to me in here. Oh, yeah. So he's like in his comfort zone as an artist, but he's he feels like he's unable to really express what he wants to. It's like an echo chamber. Precisamente. This is, a, this is very pretty. I always thought he was saying, like, get to me, yeah, yeah. Get to me, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Oh, here's you will here. never, ever, ever, ever get to me in here. Here's, here's your... oh, head down. Yeah, girl. This is my favorite jammer. Here, your zero. Is it not? What? It's kind of a, a retread of your zero, is it not? Yeah, a little bit. Let's just hear a little bit. Well, yeah. Did you know Blink-182 did a cover of this song? <laughs> I have uh, access to the, the masters that were never released. Oh, good. Oh, yeah, Let's you hear it. throw it on? Yeah. Just a second. <laughs> hey, you. What are you looking at? <laughs> hey, you. Na -na -na. It's too late for that. <laughs> you should be here with me. Yeah, na -na -na. Na -na -na. <laughs> There's spoiders. <laughs> There's an activist group known as the Spoiders. <laughs> Ooh, I kind love of a this. thing. I love this. Oh yes, this right here. Oh, I'd give anything. <laughs> La ladies and gents, here's the return of impressions. We did it. <laughs> Love it. Thank you. Um, Please, hold your applause. I, I said. Please stop clapping. Um, um, yeah, I think this. I kind of like this Echoplex and Discipline equally. Yes. Yeah. I like this one very much because it's got sort of um, these oppressive, um, sort of New World Order, uh, dystopian future tones to it. Yeah. Well, I don't like the hang out stuff, but I do love the. Belong. I do love when it like chills to the chorus right here. Oh, did you? Yes. Do you know Av Avril Lavigne did a cover of this song? <laughs> let me let me see if I can find that real quick. Hey, hey, you, you, what are you running from? All, all your hate, what have you become? <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, really strange choice for her, but, you know, ever, she, ever since she married Chad Kroger, she has been replaced by a, a clone who is, uh, I think, forged from the DNA of John JonBenet Ramsey. Yeah, no, that's but, Katy Perry. Oh, my bad. Yeah, Avril, I don't know why she has to go and make things so complicated. I'll tell you what, though. 
Kawaii. God, so bad. Um, oh, I completely lost. Were you going to talk about the lyrics? A little bit. I mean, it's it, it basically it's um it's again about identity, but it's sort of this overtone of you know know your place to never forget. Um, and then this is not my face. This is not my life. There is not a single thing here I can recognize. All of this is a dream. None of you are real. I'll give anything. I'll give anything. And originally, my reading of this back in 2008 when I was in college and smoking a ton of pot was, um, I mean, yeah, it's like talking about a dystopian future and he'd give anything to have like a real life and a real connection, um, which is denied him in this repressive society. Um, and part of it, I don't know, like I, the slip I thought was about aliens. Because yeah. like after seeing the live show and just the, the lights in the sky, all those sorts of things were like little clues that he was talking about alien encounters. The cover of the album had a little bit of that as well, because there's mm -hmm. like this mysterious hand grabbing him from behind, and it's like a little X Files. Yeah. You know? But yeah, he said, "I'll give anything, maybe to make contact. Who knows?" Um, I don't know. Ooh, we're about to get into a really pretty song, though. Right. After all this, all this jazz. This is a really great breakdown. I, I love the contrast between like just the abrasive in-your-face guitars and then the the very beautiful soundscapes mm -hmm. the chorus mm -hmm. me too <laughs> we are now listening to oh five more seconds <laughs> and lights in the sky you know randy newman did a cover of this song oh, he didn't he did he definitely did not <laughs> she's mostly gone i don't even know I, it's been a very long time since i brought that one out of the shed oh gee randy newman did you do you got a friend in me oh. i don't know if i ever did uh if i ever did it on the show but he's he's a fun he's a fun character hmm Yeah, so you this like this one. Song. You think it's you think it's a beautiful song. It's a beautiful song. Defend it. Why is it a beautiful song? Because the piano and because he gently sings about somebody being dead. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> He's watching you drown. It's, uh, I don't know. It's kind of that whole, like, downward spiral era, like, piano stuff and kind of the fragile -y. Yeah, and it fulfills the contractual obligation that Trent Reznor has with Trent Reznor. Yeah. <laughs> that there has to be a mopey ballad in the middle of every record. I don't think this is mopey at all, though. This one just rubs me the wrong way. Really? 
It's just the boringest song on the album. <laughs> I definitely disagree. I mean, he's dealing with a pretty heavy death still, you know. Which one? His dog? His grandmother. His grandma. Yes, respect. <laughs> Who passed in 98. Yeah. It's 2008. That doesn't matter. I know it doesn't. No amount of time can erase how fucking sad it is to lose somebody you love. Was that a Nine Inch Nails lyric you just... No! I think you wrote it. <laughs> yeah, I wrote it. It's called My Mom Died 18 Years Ago and It Still Sucks. Yeah. It's a song by me. <laughs> it's, a shame, it's a shame he had to watch his grandma drown. But I mean, <laughs> But I mean, that's the law. <laughs> well, in like traditional African villages, <laughs> if someone gets convicted of murder, they tie them up and throw them into the river. Oh my god. And as the bereaved, you have the choice of whether to save them or not. And if you save them, then you, they owe you a life debt. Ooh, life debt. Cool stuff. This is, in my opinion, is this the another most episode of Song on the Album. Let's, let's hear it. Is this another episode of what? I don't even know. Oh, this is Corona. <laughs> no, Radiata. I don't even know. Is my other podcast? Who's on? That is obviously a setup for a who's on first type scenario. <laughs> what are you recording? I don't even know. <laughs> what are you talking about? I don't even know. Well, I don't half the time. But what's the show called? I don't even know. Does this thing have lyrics or is it just this? Corona Radiata. Instrumental at 55. Weird, I thought we already talked about ghosts. Everyone seems to be asleep. Mm-hmm. I kind of like this, actually. It's I mean, it's, it's nice, but it's, it's boring. And it's seven yeah, and a half mouthful. It is? It's seven. Jesus. Wow. We could talk about the weird little uh, album art that accompanied each song. Oh, yeah, we could. So each song had like a little Pokemon card of, uh, of art that accompanied it and it was usually like basic geometric shapes arranged in a somewhat meaningful way and then like a single little driblet of blood mm-hmm. and uh this one's weird because i mean it's called corona radiata so it's like a shining light mm-hmm. circle of light mm-hmm. circle um, <laughs> hey nah hey nah 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 it's the circle of life <laughs> Hey, na 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 na, na 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 na, hey na 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 na. Okay. Uh, we added that out. Just so, so the art for Corona Radiata seems to be. What, what does it look like to you? Let's do a Rorschach test. Um, it looks to me like. I guess since you said shining light, it looks to me like like an old light, <laughs> like um. It reminds me of the Great Gatsby. Oh. What you would think would be the light that flashes. It does sort of look like a railroad crossing yeah. type light. It's but a I actually, circle within a circle. I initially thought of like a little spaceman helmet. That's pretty great. Yeah. I like that interpretation. What is yours? I have two very bad interpretations. Cool. One is it's a butt. <laughs> Jesus. And the other one is... Now I can't is, unsee a butt. I know. I know. A bleeding butt. Okay, I didn't... Well, I guess it is, yeah. It does seem to that be butt that. butt has 
period. That butt's got trouble. That butt trouble. Um, the one that the Ninwiki artist critic community says, uh, it, oh wait, shit. Hang on. Corona radiata are several protective layers surrounding ova or unfertilized egg cells ah. responsible for supplying the ova or egg cell with protein. Mm, you failed that. So it's that. like the albumin <laughs> or the whatever you call it. I studied this at one point. The artwork of the song most probably represents an egg cell with a distinct corona radiata surrounding it. Yeah. Um, but it's unfertilized, which is weird because it seems like it's getting penetrated by that drop of blood, which might represent... Oh, wait. This might be a lead-in to some sort of impregnation with the demon seed. Another song. <sighs> On the album. On the album. On. <gasps> Dang it, Bobby. <laughs> oh. <laughs> the fuck is this episode? <gasps> I can't do that. How do no, you do it? I'm, bo. Bo. I mean, you're, you're like, you're shocked and overwhelmed by something bo. that's happening. Bo. That's, I don't know. Whatever. You're, you're somewhere else. I'm oh, still right thanks. here. <laughs> Shut up. Okay. Corona radiata, which is radiant crown. Mm. Crown of light is symbolic of many things, including glory, enlightenment, and deification. In regards to this track, it is easily interpreted as being a halo. How did we miss that one? Good lord. Hi. I'm glad I gave you the pop shield. <laughs> or as it's become now, the saliva sponge. Saliva sponge. The theme of light also ties well with the presence and the previous track, Lights in the Sky. Corona Radiata is also the bundle of white matter in the brain that is a pathway for information traveling to and from the cerebral cortex, yes. where one, where the brain processes one's conscious mind. Mm. So this wound up Maybe being it's a, a super interesting mind. song. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting, but it's still like... It's not great listening, but it does thematically tie together sort of this theme of identity but also you know um, extraterrestrials yeah because it's got like it's got like UFO type deal it's uh, like alien sounds I think we've crossed over into nope no. we have two more minutes of this I told you it's seven and a half damn minutes <laughs> Wait, seven and a half American minutes <laughs> definitely the right time then for me to drop this fact. <laughs> I know, I saw that. <laughs> what? Um, so the album credits listed on Ninwiki mm -hmm. include the traditional stuff. Writers, performers, producers, mixers, programmers, engineers, masters. Um, but there's a couple things. This one especially. Mm -hmm. Do you want to read the credit? Go ahead. It's uh, the credit for hair. Hair goes to Cory Bardo. I mean, his hair is in it, right? But uh, no other album does a credit for a hair. Maybe Cory Bardo like cut his hair. I think the only thing is oh, yeah, like there's no hair. Yeah, his his face is or his silhouette maybe appears yeah. on the cover of the album. It's maybe Trent Reznor getting grabbed from behind. But yeah, there doesn't seem to be any hair on <laughs> his head because it gets kind of cut off. So what I'm thinking is maybe it was styling of the hair on the arm that's grabbing him. So um, uh, clearly they had Robin Williams just uh, 
shove his arm into the photo there, because that is a very hairy arm. <laughs> Hold on, let me see if Meathead said anything about this. Yep. Slippity doo <laughs> Okay, here's what he said. Okay, now that we're all on the same page, could someone please do me a favor and enlighten me as to why the hell there's a credit for hair listed here? At what point during the production of the slip was it necessary to bring in a hairstylist? Even if we could see Trent's hair on the cover, which we can't, and even if the picture was in focus enough for it to matter, which it isn't, are we supposed to believe that Trent is incapable of operating a hairbrush? <laughs> That's pretty funny. We noticed the same thing. Yeah. I think actually hair was played as an instrument. In this album. It wasn't, though. No. The four of us are dying. Once again, another sort of... It's an instrumental and a thematic song. Because it's got... It's got all these different touches to it. Like, um... When I first heard it, I thought maybe there were four distinct voices in the song. Like, that's voice one. Then you've got sort of that angelic wah, which is voice two. So there's like maybe four aliens having a conversation in music. You are obsessed with the alien idea. I just thought, because I mean, when I looked at the cover art, I know, I know, I know. I looked at the cover art again, and it's like, he's got this sort of amorphous, gooey, like glowing body that almost looks like an extraterrestrial, and all that hair. Oh my God, the hair. Maybe it was hair removal. Okay. So there's voice three, the meow, 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 meow. Um... The four of the title may be a reference to the four members of the album's incarnation, Vanished Nails. Trent, Josh, Robin, and Alessandro. Alessandro, Alessandro. Um, no mames. Uh, but I think the title is actually a direct reference from a season one episode of The Twilight Zone, which we're going to watch right now. Okay. Picture, if you will. No, okay. Um... And I do think that it's it's pretty likely that that's a reference to the Twilight Zone episode because the specific episode deals a lot with identity. It's about a guy who has a weird superpower who can change his face to become whoever he wants, and naturally he becomes a a shady two timing con man because mm-hmm. it's the it's the fifties. That's uh, that's what you do. Mm-hmm. Uh, he becomes he becomes a like a jazz musician, a gangster, <laughs> and a boxer. Oh my gosh! It's the it's the most like crime or film noir identities you could assume um i like that the artwork has four rupees on it it does although what's a what's a gray rupee why you gotta ask these questions 11 billion 11 billion um so yes the four of us are dying sort of ties the the album together with that theme of identity and shifting sense of self which he's been talking about the whole time who am i and then, like, do I have control over who I can become or be perceived by? Can I escape my own legacy? All that sort of, all those sorts of uh, introspective Bullshit. ponderings. Just kidding. But then also, it's got like some creepy sci-fi elements to it, because yeah, there's this dude out there who's like three other dudes, man. Well. It's neat. Let's listen to some of it. How long is this one? Four and a half American minutes. There was one time I was in GameStop with the person I was dating when this album came out. 
And I'd listen to like you know the first like the bangers I liked, but I didn't really listen to the last ha- like the last part of this album. For some reason, this song was playing. I don't know if maybe they were just playing the whole album. But out of nowhere, he was like, the four of us are dying. And I was like, the, f- the fuck? I didn't know what he was talking he about. He was pregnant with twins at the time. That explains everything. You got yeah, some it's a, it's uh, thing? Cr- hmm? Looks like you got some thing you want to read. Oh, I got a few. I got a few places I could take this. Believe me, I'm holding this moment in the palm of my. Well, you hand. have 50 seconds. Okay. Um, oh. Oh, I'm done. So, um, I like the progression. <laughs> I think of the this four of you are dying. The four, the four of my ideas all died. Um, <laughs> the progression of this song is really interesting because it starts out introducing each, each voice one by one, but then it comes to the end here where the four of them perhaps are all dying, and it has like this kind of like this. Um, this kind of chugging, building, like, it's, it builds this sense of dread, which yeah. is re- really intense. It's almost like a story being it's told. palpable. Because, yeah, at the end of that Twilight Zone episode, guess what? The they all gang- die. The gangster, mobster, jazz Spoiler musician, alert. Spoiler alert. They all die. He gets shot by a guy holding a gun in the way that you're, yeah. I guess, every stage actor in the 50s against was trained to hold a gun. Like, yeah, against against your boot, like, against your hip. But yep. then also your elbow is out as far as possible. Demon seed. My favorite, though, is when they're shooting a gun a bunch of times. <laughs> and they're, like, punching their hand forward. It's yep. making the bullets go harder. Like, bang, bang. Just like how my mom used to try to make Mario jump by, like, moving the controller to the right. She used to make Aww. it crazy. All right. Stop. <laughs> went disco I like this one I guess I oh, don't yeah. listen to whatever though I enjoy it quite a bit but it's well made it's a good one oh this has yeah 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 Trent yeah 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 in stereo <laughs> The tenth and final track from the album, The Slip. Its time signature is six four, and Trent Reznor six, can actually. Six six six. You can Trent Reznor can be heard indicating it in the song. Ah. The image associated with the song appears to be a four-part image of a square becoming more complete or growing, much like the lyrics portray something growing inside of the narrator. Also be a baby. That the red lines seen in previous pictures are all over, as if they have exploded out of control. Like when you have a baby and you push it and there's a lot of blood. Or like when Scully gets impregnated with an alien hybrid. Oh, jeez. It's all there! It's very clear, okay? It's right obvious. It's right staring in you. you in the face. The lights in the sky. <laughs> I mean, it's really it, sad he had to wash his ground. Could it be around. aliens? <laughs> That's good enough, right? Are you ready? I think it's coming up. <laughs> Who says yeah a lot? <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> trying to think of um, some. I mean, you could do Metallica. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. I forgot he does that all the time. I am reaching the point. I mean, you, you just add. Uh, 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 that hurts to do. Yeah, it hurt me just now. And I will yeah. use my voice. Uh, Unforgiven. Uh. So, and I will use my voice. And I will use my fist. Oh, here it is. Yeah, this is for sure a jammer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Is there a seat? Oh, this is a really interesting part. Oh, yeah, I like this part. Broke out of the Echoplex. Now he knows what this is all about. Now he knows exactly what he is. That's so exciting. I'm happy for him. Yes. Sort of breaking out of this old frame of how he sees himself. Not turning into the abstract. Do you have anything more to add since this is the end of the... Oh, goodness me. <laughs> I mean, I have a little bit more I pulled from that... Uh... New York Times bio, which is honestly very, it's, it's a really good piece. Okay. Throw a link up there. Um, a lot of what the article talks about, naturally, uh, you know, the old journalism rule is follow the money, and they talk about the distribution system, which was just, here, take it, it's free. Mr. Resner has no global solution for how to sustain a long-term career as a recording musician, much less start one, when listeners take free digital music for granted. It's all out there, he added. I don't agree that it should be free, but it is free, and you can either accept it or you can put your head in the sand. Mm -hmm. He knows what he doesn't want to do. Make his music a marketing accessory. Now, just making good music or great music isn't enough. I, I've never gotten my Reznor impression. I feel like you've read this. Now I have to sell T-shirts or I have to choose which whorish association is the least stinky. I don't really want to be on the side of a bus or in a BlackBerry ad hawking some product that sucks just so I can get my record out. I want to maintain some dignity and self-respect in the process, if that's even possible these days. Yeah. So that is that is some moody adolescent Trent. Yes. At forty-three. <laughs> let's let's just like put a song back on or something so we can finish this episode. Oakley dokley neighborino. What if we did the twilight? Just do zone? the long one. Arch Hammer, a cheap little man. Just chucked in. All right. He was Johnny Foster who played a trumpet and was loved beyond words. He was Virgil Sterig with money in his pocket. He was Andy Marshak who got some of his agony back on a sidewalk in front of a cheap hotel. Hammer, Foster, Sterig, Marshak. And all four of them were dying. Okay. Now that you have that. Finish. Thanks for listening to Trent Talk, the encyclopedic compendium of all things Trent Reznor. <laughs>
Oh, you were done reading the New York Times thing or whatever that was? Yeah, I think I think we got it. I mean, there's cool. there's some other stuff we could talk about. Actually, you know what? <laughs> Last year, Mr. Reznor produced and bankrolled an album for the socially conscious hip-hop poet. <laughs> the inevitable rise of and liberation of Nikki Tardust. Mm-hmm. So what's interesting here is they say that record labels didn't want it, and that's part of the story I've never heard before. Um, and then Reznor put it online, free to the first 100,000 downloaders. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you would be able to pay whatever you want. Um, but only 20 people did, only 20% did so. And he says that he was naive, and he called the project a failure. Oh, no. Financially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah artistically, yeah. it's maybe the greatest thing he's ever done. Yeah. That's too bad. So he's, he's concerned about the tenability of long-term giving stuff away for free. Because, yeah, ultimately, he's losing Skrilla. Mm-hmm. And you got to have mojo. Because if it don't make dollars, it don't make sense. Oh, wait. Here we go. Um, a little exit quote from Mr. Reznor. These days I work too much because I think it makes me feel good, Mr. Reznor said. I don't know how to do that in a relationship. I don't have a family. I'd like, I'd like to have one. I just somehow haven't gotten around to it yet. But I know that if I work, it's likely to come up with something I'm proud of. and gives me a sense of worth. Not for money or fame. It's, I feel good about it. So like any good addict, if I find something that feels good, if it feels good, maybe doing twice as much feels good as, you know, eh. <laughs> That's literally, he, drift, yeah. he drifts off. If one, because th- he maybe gets a little heroin yeah. flashback. All right. Well, on that note. <laughs> All right. I think we did it. We have now completed our conversation regarding the slip. And now we're listening to Matt Lange. Matt Lange. Lange. Remix of Discipline. <laughs> um, so, yeah. If you like what you've heard today... You should go to Facebook or Twitter and find us at Trent Talk Pod. Also, please find and support us on Patreon. Yeah, patreon.com slash Trent Talk Pod. We have rewards for a dollar, two dollars, and five dollars, and they're all pretty rad, and we're making fun bonus content to give to you guys and girls. Because we love doing this, and we want to keep doing this, and we want to do it more. So thank you for all your love and support. Yeah. And um, help us make this into a truly beautiful project yeah help us pay for server space just artistic materials by which i mean beer <laughs> p b r um also go to benviewnetwork.com or benview.com benviewnetwork.com it's been a while since Benview i've been Network. there benviewnetwork.com slash trent talk pod you can go to venview network to find other fun podcasts too um we both do a bunch of other shows over on Calico Podcasts, which is calicopodcasts.com. Check that out. You can find me on Twitter at Claire Wolf, C-L-A-R-E-E-E-W-O-L-F. I also tweet sometimes at at C-H-E-Y-A-C-A-R-Y. Shia Carey. Mm-hmm. Well, that's not like at and then the word at. It's just one We didn't at. introduce ourselves at the top of the episode. Did we not? Guess what? <laughs> It's us. Spoiler alert, it's been us all along. So yeah, all in all, I think the slip, uh, eh, C plus. I think it, it B minus. slipped through a lot of our fingers. Yeah. I didn't love it, but there's some fun songs. Oh, um, last interesting tidbit. 
Um, the album got released a bunch of different ways because you could download it as like MP3s or FLAC or whatever. Um, and there was like a rumor going around for a while that there was an 11th song on this album. And it was called The Slip. But it, it didn't exist and it wasn't a real thing. <laughs> so it, it gave us The Slip. Wow. And that's our show. Thanks for See listening. See you guys next week. Nine Inch. Nailed it. I start, I cannot help now. This podcast is a part of the Benview Network. You can find this and other podcasts like it at BenviewNetwork.com.